Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International here in Lee Summit. My name is Ryan. I serve as the adult ministries pastor here, and it's my uh, honor to get to host with Pastor Christian. Uh, Sunday was message four in the series Vision Month at Journey. It's been it's been a great series. We're in Isaiah forty three is our Bible text this week, and the message was called Finish the Race. Uh, we're glad you're listening. We know uh, each week we've got new listeners and many folks who are faithful and listen every week. We'd love for you to. Uh, uh, share this and rate it. It always helps us. You can check out this week's sermon on the JCI app or our website or also on YouTube. We hope you'll uh, turn in to learn, and, and hopefully we'll have some great practical ideas to grow your faith and grow as a leader or as a disciple. Um, Pastor Christian, as we finished 10 years of work last Thursday, we had a meeting, of course, and you mentioned that it was the last day of work for 10 years. We had left some planning meetings. We had tremendous planning meetings for not only 2022, but but for the next 10 years and beyond as well. You make mention of this in your message. As we look at not only the next 10 years, but also our 25-year vision, how will entering into our new building assist us in meeting those goals? Well, the first thing it's going to do, Ryan, is is it's going to allow our, our family to sit together Um in the family room, you know, our, our, our church, if you can, um, our church, if you can picture it was built to hold a certain size family. And then, and then God gave us more. And instead of, instead of allowing God to shape the vision of our church, we tried to shape the vision of our church. And, and you could picture it like this, you know, you, you intended on having a family of four. So you, you build it, kitchen table where you bought a kitchen table that seated four people. Uh, and then you had four sets of twins. Um, and you ended up with eight kids, but because you wanted to feel like a family of four rather than a family of 10, you would have three dinners every night because it was more important for your family to feel small than to be together. That's been the story of journey. The last five years, we, we wanted to be a church that felt like a small community. So we had all of these, some at sometimes five every week, all of these services that allowed everyone at the table to feel like they were in a family of four. But in reality, our family was a family of 10 and our family was never together. So we kind of stumbled up upon a few years ago, we had an Easter service at a much larger venue where instead of being able to have 300 adults in a service, we were able to have a thousand adults in a service. Uh, and we had all of our people tell me in a room of a thousand, I saw all of my friends in five rooms of 300. I never saw anyone because everyone came and went at a different time. And basically they were telling us, Hey, it's time to get a bigger, it's time to get a bigger dining room table. It's time to allow our family to be together at the same time. And we have finally, uh, we've built a campus, not just an auditorium, but a campus, an atrium, a kid's facility, uh, a back patio, a parking lot area, a grass, a grassy area where the kids can play. We've built a campus that's going to allow our family to be together. And when spiritual family is gathered, Jesus makes a lot of, a lot of promises about spiritual families that gather. When two or three are there, he's right in the midst of them. 
Um, Hebrew says, don't forsake gathering together because when you gather together, you are mutually encouraged. Like 98 times the New Testament refers to church ministry as as one another, people doing things with other people. So I think what this new building is going to allow, it's going to allow our people to experience all of the great things that God's church was was put on earth to do. In addition to that, it's going to allow us to multiply the number of families that we have that's going to allow us to multiply the impact that we have. So struggling together with our little family, eating five meals every every night instead of uh, one together so we can feel small, even though we are large. Um, you know, we've been able to invest nearly $2.5 million in missions. We think when we finally take a deep breath and say, let's Let's build a table that will fit as many people as want to eat at it. We feel like God is calling a lot of people to his table. We feel like God is calling a lot of people to his family. And we feel like a new building is going to facilitate not only our family to be together, but our family to expand and new family members to come be a part of what we're doing. And when they all lean, when they all lean in, instead of a thousand people serving in our community, we might have 2000 people serving in a community instead of a hundred people on the mission field every year, we might have 200 people on the mission field every year. Uh, instead of seeing a hundred or 200 people baptized in a year, we might see 500 people baptized in a year. Instead of seeing 40 or 50 families go through parent child dedication, we might see a hundred families that say we want to partner with the church to raise our kids to love Jesus. And I think the big number, that we're excited about. We believe just financially as we analyze things, after a decade investing $2.5 million, we think by the end of decade number two, that number could be $10 million of money given in the offerings at Journey that's given away and invested in the world and global missions and church planning um, and raising kids up and sending them out into the ministry and community outreach. I think we're just beginning to experience all that God has for us because for the first time we've told God, you can be in charge of the size of the vision. Uh, we've always wanted to feel a certain way, but at the end of the day, what we want to be is faithful. We don't want to feel any certain size. We just want to be faithful. And I believe God has called us to be a church that has large impact in our community so that God can have a, large, a larger footprint in the world. I think it's really excited people that I've talked to when they've heard the next 10 years of what we hope to do, what we hope God does. I think uh, this weekend as we celebrated 10 years, I think there was not only nostalgia about what's happened, but great excitement about what's to come. Yep. You share in your message the Hebrew and the Greek of the word glory, Mm -hmm. and then share three parts of the glory of God. So as it relates, you share 2 Corinthians 4.17. As it relates to that, how would you challenge our listeners to lean into God's glory in their lives? Yes, yeah, so 2 Corinthians 4.17 challenges us to let the things in our life that matter, the things in our life that are heavy, the things in our life that press down on us. The word glory means weight or matter or heavy. Uh, Paul says everything that God's doing in our life, he's doing so that we can have a glory that outweighs them all. You say, what does that mean? Paul said everything God's doing in your life, he's doing so that you will clearly see God matters more. And so that people who look at you will clearly see God matters more to you than anything else. And glory is the thought of God's presence being seen, God's presence being felt, God's actions being demonstrated. Glory is also the future home of the believer. It's being with God. So what we are hoping happens in our church and what every believer is really 
um, directed to have happen in their life is your time with God will create things in you that people see, hear, and feel in a way that shows them God matters most to you. God's actions in your life because of God's presence in your life will show everyone who can see and hear your life, God matters most to you. And when every follower of Jesus in Lee Summit and in Raymore and in Blue Springs and in Independence and in Grandview and those on the Kansas side and those in downtown Kansas City and those in Pleasant Hill and Grain Valley and Oak Grove and beyond, if every follower of Jesus in our church from those places had the testimony of their life, God matters more to me than anything. And I don't have to say it because you can see it and you can feel it in the way that I live my life. God's glory will have greater impact in our world. So what Paul is instructing people to do is let everyone who sees you see and feel that God's glory outweighs everything else in your life. It matters more than everything else. And when every follower of Jesus has that as a goal of their life, I believe every community Uh, that we serve, we'll see God in a greater way, and he will be glorified. His power, his presence, his acts, um, his greatness will be seen just by the way we, just by the way we live our life and just by the things we say about the things happening in our life. It's great. I, um, I think that leads a little bit into our next question. As we, as we work to activate people in their faith through the podcast, I, I'd like to ask you a question from the sermon that we really want our listeners to ponder and it's based on John twelve twenty four. So how, how would you help our listeners think through this question? What seeds have you sown in your life that will outlive you? Yeah, so, I mean, John twelve twenty four is really about sacrifice. So we're talking about both sacrifice and investment. Jesus said, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it doesn't produce anything. But if you're willing, if you're willing to let something die so that it might live. It might actually even outlive you. So the the stalk of corn will outlive the seed that is planted. So there's lots of ways to both sacrifice and invest in the kingdom. I think the one that we're most passionate about is making disciples who will make disciples. I think every follower of Jesus has the ability to plant seeds, to share parts of their life, um, to let some things in your life die so that other things might live, to really invest time and intentional discipleship in other people, and then teach them how to invest time in discipleship in other people, which means after you're gone, your discipleship legacy continues. Obviously, this week, focusing on our building project, the way that we give and the things that we invest in outlive us. When you invest in a missionary on the mission field, like we've got missionaries right now in Turkey, Um, We actually, today at 21 Days of Prayer, day four of 21 Days of Prayer, um, kind of a a long-term, short-term missionary, someone who was on the mission field for 10 months with our Turkey missionaries, watching their kids as they got established, is now back in the States and has started attending our church because she watched Journey from Turkey um, every week, almost from a year. She, She sowed seeds in Turkey that she'll probably never see the crop of, but they'll, out, they'll outlive her because her, her sacrifice and her actions there got the soil ready for the gospel to be presented. And there may end up being a Christian community, a Christian church, maybe just one Christian family 
that is there because those missionaries are there and those missionaries could not have been there without someone to help them get their kids established. That's what it looks like to live for other people, to live for the next generation. So when we give to missionaries, when we go on a mission trip, when we give to a building project, we're saying, I'm giving to an anchor of God's kingdom that will last longer than I will. And I will trust that when I take something out of my hand, when I when I die to its possession in my life and I plant it in the soil of God's kingdom, I'm just going to trust that it will it will become greater in God's kingdom than it was in my hands. My time, my talents, my treasure. Every time I serve, I'm investing in the kingdom. Every time I give, I'm investing in the kingdom. Every time I use my gifts, I'm investing in the kingdom. Every time I take an hour or two out of my life, I'm investing that in the kingdom. And God just multiplies it over and over and over and over. It appears that we lost those two hours. It appears that we lost that $5,000. It appears that um, we, we lost energy when we served using our gifts. But God says, I'm going to take all that and for the kingdom, multiply it, multiply it, multiply it, multiply it. Yeah, you don't have it. It, for you, it was like a seed falling on the ground. But when it finally produces a crop, that one seed you planted is going to produce four or five years of corn, like four or five times more than what you did. God is going to produce out of your sacrifice and your giving and your willingness to be used in the kingdom. So if you're listening to the, the podcast, we always want to give you some real things to activate. So this may be a spot where you want to rewind and think through that, because as you think about your life and legacies you want to live, you want to really think through, ponder this question, pray about this. How am I? What, what seeds am I investing? How am I sowing those? Those are, those are important things that I think all of us want to look back and go, man, I spent 25 years really pouring in. Yeah, and I, I do, I, I, mean, and, and, I mean, for that real practical question, I would ask the who question, I would ask the how question, I would ask the what question. Who am I planting seeds in that will outlive me? How am I serving in a way that will outlive me? What am I giving towards in a way that will outlive me? I think those are three good questions. The who, the how, the what. If you can answer every one of those, you get a chance of saying, I'm doing things that will outlive me. I'm doing things that, I, that will have spiritual legacy even when I'm gone. And what we've learned is in order to accomplish things means you probably got to have it in your schedule. You've got yes. to. It's got to be prioritized. You don't accidentally end up being a disciple who makes a disciple or sowing into the kingdom. You don't trip into that. You, you have to choose to do it. Yes. And as we found with COVID and people being away, there are some that go, I don't even really have a great excuse for where the last year has gone. I just haven't been around. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of those. Yeah, there's a, there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of those. But yeah. many of them are coming back, and they're excited, and they're getting reinvigorated in serving, and it's it's been really exciting. Yep. Uh, so how, how has God worked uh, in helping us plan and build our building, or how he has, has been miraculous. It yep. really has. And you share some of the details in your message of where where we're at and, and how God is working. What what invitation might you have for our listeners who are here locally and around the world? Man, I would say as I look at our building project, believe God for big things. You know, I used to look at my life and our ministry and think, man, if I did my very best, if we did our very best, what could God do? And the answer is very little because my very best is not enough. Our very best is not enough. But when you ask the question, if God did his very best for us, what could we receive? The whole picture changes. 
and if you if you look at a vision god-sized instead of man-sized and then you're you're willing to do whatever god wants you to do sometimes you'll experience a god-sized vision so i think i would look at maybe a hurting marriage and say um if god stepped in what could it look like and then what do i need to do to live towards that vision i would look at maybe kids away from God and say, man, if God stepped in, what would that look like? And then I would begin to live towards that vision. I think I would ask the question that Dr. Falwell used to always ask us um, at Liberty. What would you attempt for God if you knew that it wouldn't fail? What would you attempt for God if you knew that he wouldn't fail? And I think it's, it's time we begin looking at ourselves, each and every one of us, as a missionary in our area of life and we got to say what is what is my mission that god could accomplish if he wanted to start writing your story from there and then back into okay where am i on that and how would i take one faithful step after another to get to where god could get me if he wanted to that's kind of how we started this building project we said you know where could, where could we be? If God was more than faithful over the next 25 years, where could we end up? And we said, all right, let's paint a picture of that 25-year vision and just see how many steps we can take towards it. And the answer was all of them. I mean, when we told God's people and rolled it out, here's what we think God could do with us in 25 years. Um, we're just not sure how fast he wants to do it. The answer was now. It was now. So we actually don't even know what that means if, if what we thought God could do in 25 years, he did in two, might change the picture of what he wants to do in 25 years. So we go back to the drawing board and say, wow, now what could God do in 23 years if he did this in the first two? And we just keep dreaming God-sized dreams for our church. And I believe more people need to dream God-sized dreams for their life. Uh, I share, a, 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 um, I think, a challenging and a funny story about Casey, uh, my 17-year-old daughter, and her giving to the building, which was a God-sized dream that became a God-sized reality, which will leave a God-sized fingerprint in her life in the area of finances for like the rest of time. Um, sometimes if we dream big, God moves big, um, and our faith grows bigger. I love it, and I love to hear examples of our kids taking big steps of faith because part of our church's goal is to raise up the next generation, and they've got to, they've got to learn and have that kind yeah. of faith. I love it. Yep. We're in the midst of 21 days of prayer this week. Uh, what do you hope God does in the hearts and minds of our people in our church? Yes, yeah, so our real specific focus is armor up. We're talking about spiritual warfare um, and spiritual armor for 21 days. I'm hoping our church— just begins to recognize what we said already, that they're in a battle every day, but that they have divine power um, to win spiritually if they can learn to discern the voice of the enemy from the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I'm praying that we'll begin to get our natural, fleshly, unspiritual, natural reactions under the control of the Holy Spirit. So we talked yesterday about how, I mean, without Jesus and the Holy Spirit, uh, all our feelings, all our thoughts, all our desires, um, probably wrong spiritually, they probably come from the enemy. Today we talked about relational tension, how, how the enemy's primary 
goal of spiritual warfare in our life is to is to divide, uh, to to um, to divide us from God, to divide God from us. And if He can't do that, to divide us in our marriages, to divide us in our families, to divide us in our spiritual friendships. Um, because if you think about what life to the fullest looks like, so Jesus said that the enemy, the thief, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and life to the fullest. I believe life to the fullest looks like an incredible relationship with God, an incredible relationship with your spouse if you're married, an incredible relationship with your family, and an incredible supportive relationship with spiritual community. If Satan, and those are his targets. If he can remove those, life is pretty empty. And even if you're a follower of Jesus who has a close relationship with Jesus, if you have no spiritual community, if, you're, um, if you have no spiritual family, if you have no spiritual partner in life, whether that be a spouse or a spiritual best friend, it's a, it's a pretty lonely, uphill spiritual battle. So Satan say, all right, you, Satan say, you can have heaven, but I will have earth. We talked about today in Job 1. God says, where you been? And Satan said, on earth. Uh, you have heaven, I have earth. And I think for a lot of followers of Jesus, Satan says, all right, like Jesus secured your heaven. I will make your life hell on earth. Uh, You'll be with Jesus when you die, but you'll be all alone here because I will divide you from friends. I will divide you from spiritual community. I will divide you from family and I will divide you from your spouse. And if we can learn and see that that's his goal, we can fight in the right direction for the right things and we can learn to let the Holy Spirit in us connect with the Holy Spirit in those around us. We can armor up. We can do better. We can be stronger. Um, we can win on more days than we lose. And I think that's the goal of this 21 days of prayer. And I think already people's eyes and hearts are being, op- are being opened um, to, to the devices of the devil. Uh, and the Apostle Paul said, like, like that's the whole goal. You're, your enemy, the devil, pr- prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Like, you've got to be aware of these things. You've got to learn, Ephesians 6, 12, that our battle's not flesh and blood. Like, you're not in all this division and arguments against people. Like, this is the enemy. So let's, like, look, let's look, look behind the curtain and see what's going on, and let's learn to armor up and do better. Let's learn to win more than we lose in the areas of our relationship with God and relationship with others. I believe that's already beginning to happen is I have relationships with people who've been praying with us the last few mornings. And I think it's continuing to build this great culture of prayer. There's, there's awesome community. Yeah. We get to see so many great people. So yeah, we're, we're enjoying 21 days of prayer. And if you haven't gotten a chance to come and you're listening, join us. Um, you, you won't, uh, you won't want to miss it. Yeah, join again. us in person or join us online yep. every morning at 6 a.m., Saturdays at 9 a.m., Sunday during the service. Yep, we'd love to have you. Uh, Pastor Christian, hundreds, uh, hundreds of people have already started uh, a discipleship group as part of our discipleship tracks that we've been talking about. It's not too late to join. If you haven't jumped in one, we'd love to have you uh, in one of the four different types of discipleship groups. Um, the fourth track, as we've been mentioning every week, is the uh, dis- uh, leadership track. Our hope is always to help people, what they learn, how do they share it with someone else. So what what from this message would you want our audience to share with someone? That the glory of God will only be seen in your life if people see that God matters most. So what one thing could you do every day in your life so that if someone is watching you, they see that God matters most? What, what one thing could you do every week? Uh, maybe for you, it's um, every Sunday you make it a point to go to church. 
Um, maybe for you, it's every week you make it a point to get to men's or women's Bible study. Maybe for you, it's every year or two you make sure and go on a missions trip. Or maybe you post a Bible verse on social media. People are watching and they will see, man, God matters a lot to them. But it appears God matters more to them than anything. So I think, it's, I think we want to make clear to people, when people look at your life, they should see signs that God matters most. And then I think sharing your story of how you have sacrificed to invest in the kingdom and being able to point to missionaries and churches and church buildings um, and legacy pieces and say, um, God allowed me to have a part in that. Um, That ministry is there and will outlive me because God allowed me to have a part of it. So I think helping people understand that they need to live their life in a way that people see that God matters most. And then sharing your story of this is how I invested in the kingdom. And I think God's going to use it long beyond my spiritual time here. Some great insight. Uh, we would uh, love to continue to encourage you. Our hope always is to try to help activate your faith. Pastor Christian, thanks for uh, all the input and the, the wisdom on the podcast today. Thank you for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. Uh, we really do hope you'll come back and would share it. If you're in town, come and see us in person at one of our Uh, services on Sunday morning. Uh, We'd love to hear how God's working in your life, or if there's a question we can answer, please email us at uh, activate at takethejourney.cc. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.